got one question for you. What's wrong with being? What's wrong with being? What's wrong with being confident? What's wrong with being? What's wrong with being? What's wrong with being confident? don't usually sing for a reason no i i'm gonna kill him it's okay you'll you'll beat us to it <laughs> but i loved it and this is why we're gonna fight to make sure that you're one of the six spots that go to the live show thank you Howie. thank you for me i couldn't listen to that screaming any longer i mean whoever was doing the high thing it... look it's just my opinion I love a wrong opinion, don't you girls? <laughs> they didn't listen to Simon and it looked like it didn't pay off. No. What is up with Simon? Talk to me. You know, you know he just doesn't get it and that's okay. He's gonna get it one day. You know, we're supposed to kind of support each other. Not when you're wrong. Oh. <laughs> Marys, we are very excited this Dragula recap season to have a guest this week uh, because, you know, some episodes are just uh, more than our four little hands can handle. So we are very grateful, and you may already know from the clip of the week we've just played, to be welcoming to the podcast none other than one-third of preeminent drag singing trio Stephanie's Child. Please welcome to All Right, Mary, Jan Sport. Woo! Hi, guys. How are you? We're great. Enjoying our Friday night, you know? Yeah, yeah. Just, you know, a little, just putting on a little little blush in the mirror and, you know, having a Stouffer's, you know? Same. Yeah, I'm getting ready for my show, which means I'm just putting on a little bit of cherry chapstick and popping on a kiss lash. So That's I'm it. super excited. <laughs> What's, where's the show tonight? My show is at Icon in Astoria. Oh, you're back at Icon. Oh, I am God. back I at Icon. My Friday night show, My Child, it is um, a night that is very, very sacred to me. It's my one-woman show, and uh, I love my Astorian so much. So I always get so excited for Friday because, you know, I like to, uh, you know, if, if anybody's having a bad week, they can turn it around with a weekend, and uh, I get to be the commandeer of that. So I feel like I have a very big responsibility, but I, uh, I, I do what I can to entertain the dolls. A queen for the people. I gotta really tell you. I really, a Mary Tyler Moore, you know, turns the world on with a smile. <laughs> Even with the seasonal affective disorder season kicking in. Right. And, and, and also a high D, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and can I just tell you, speaking of, my allergies are all out of control. I'm thinking of changing my drag name to Allegra D and just having oh, yeah. it a day. <laughs> I love a drag a drag queen whose last name is just her first initial. I think that's one thousand percent. Yeah, it's a lot about who I am. 
Yeah. Well, you know, it reminds me of like seasons of Project Runway where they'll have like two Michaels or two Christophers. And so even after like the second or the first Michael is left, they'll still say, well, like, I don't know about Michael C's look this week. (laughs) It's like Michael D left four weeks ago, girl. Call him. Exactly. There's just one Michael now. There's just one Michael. And, you know, there's just one Allegra D. (laughs) That's how they that's how they get you with the continuity. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that they, yeah, that way they can get you talking shit about people any day of the week. Yeah, and put it wherever. Yeah, Jan, we, I, I want to hear about this clip of the week. Simon Cowell, you're faced with the beast for, for years. Simon Cowell has been the beast on my TV that has been harsh and the one you know that poo pooed on Paula and Randy Jackson and now on America's Next uh, Got Talent. What what was this experience like? You know, it was a really awesome experience overall. I I can say that everybody who is at um, NBC really, really treated us so well. And um, I know that they um, probably have had some drag queens before. So I feel like they we weren't obviously the first drag queens who have ever been on the show. But um, just the amount of care that they had for us, even making sure that, um, you know, you know, for for something um, as important as gender identity, they would always make sure that they were uh, used correct pronouns for us, which I thought was very, very um, respectful. Mm. And they made sure that we had everything that we asked for. So they were wonderful. Um, I mean, the show itself um, is a television competition about talent. And, um, you know, a lot of the people received us very, very well. But as Lady Gaga once said, there can be 100 people in a room and 99 actually do believe in you but it just takes one person to not believe in you and uh it means that you're not going on to the next round so yeah, you're stuck I, um, in the shallow end yeah <laughs> exactly yeah we are we are actually not far from the shallow now um but we we had fun i there's nothing more on this planet i love doing more than singing with my uh my sisters laguna and rose and we went out there and we just left our heart on the stage we hit our choreography, we hit the notes, and we had a good time and thought that we presented ourselves in the best way possible. But I will tell you this, like everybody in the room, it was thunderous applause. Everyone was living for us. We we really were like, okay, cool, we're going to go through. And they didn't air this, but Gabrielle was like, we're going to fight for you to make sure that you are in the top because this competition needs you. And mm. we were like, oh, okay, so we're going to go through because we got Gabrielle Union on our side, baby. We love her. Julia yeah. Huff was down. Mm. And even Howie, after our first audition, um, was a little skeptical. But after this one, he was like, yeah, no, y'all are the tea. So we need you in this competition. And Simon just wasn't having it. And oh. so I'm hitting my notes. I think I sound pretty good. And... Um, Apparently not for Simon. So you know what? It is what it is. Yeah, Ugh. that's true. It and it is only just clearing the path, right? Like these things don't work out so that you don't waste your time on them. Exactly, exactly. And you know, to build up a resume and say I got to do this and that, you know, my goal as a child and something that I always dreamed about doing was singing for um millions of people. And I've gotten to do that. I've been lucky enough to have been on The Voice with Stephanie's Child and our good sis, Nidra Bell, and mm. we sang alongside Jesse J. And um, now we just got another opportunity to, you know, sing and show what Stephanie's Child on its own can do. And um, I'm just so grateful for it. It's it's absolutely amazing. So at the end of the day, I have to be grateful for the opportunities. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was going to ask, how do you bounce back from 
such a rough critique, but it sounds like you didn't have much to bounce back from because everybody else was supporting you. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's one of those things where if you go into it and you say, like, I can look back at that performance and be really, really happy with what I did. If I cracked, if I if something went wrong, if I missed a step, if I fell, I would say, you know, oh, I wish that I could have gone back and done this. But this performance, I can look back at it and say, wow, I really left it all on the floor. I did a great job and I'm proud of the work that I did. So for me, I, I can't dwell on things that I can't change, as um, Tiffany once said on America's uh, Next Top Model. And mm. um, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to take her advice. Love that. <laughs> and, uh, and just keep going forward. Wait, is she the, we were rooting for you. We were all rooting for yeah, you. Yeah. But wow. you know what? She had some good, solid advice in that one. She was like, she I'm tired of crying about things that I can't change. Mm -hmm. And you know what? Maybe she could have taken a little, a, a little bit more seriously, but she was right in saying that she shouldn't cry about things that she cannot change. And you know what? I can't change Simon's opinion and I can't change his mind and I can't change, uh, you know, what he said to us. And um, instead, I'm going to focus on the amazing people in the room who loved what we did. Oh yeah. I'm yeah. sure you guys just, I mean, you guys have been blowing up for the past two years. I just, I remember seeing you all perform at Yotel uh, and, and y'all were my, like, you're my favorite Heathers. I was just like living for the look. And then you did landslide. I mean, there are so many gems in what y'all do. I, I just have like a, a musical geeking question. Who, who arranges the harmonies? Is it Laguna or is it you? So, um, Rose, while I will say we all do have um, good ears and, you know, we all went to school for theater, um, when something gets really, really tricky, I, I mean, because we do our game where we, you know, go into the three-part harmony on the spot. So we all have like some sort of an inkling to be able to do the harmonies. But when it comes to the really tricky and difficult arranging, um, Rosé is the one who actually puts wow. it all together and she wow. guides us through those notes. If I'm having a hard time finding my harmony or if Laguna is, Rosé has one of the best ears I've ever heard in my entire life. She is just a wizard with all of the harmonies. So she really gets us together. But a lot of the times even too, we will say, because Laguna is such a great riffer, we'll say, Laguna, do this riff or do a riff that you're feeling inclined to do at this moment. And me and um, Rosé will go um, do the harmonies above or below her and uh, it'll just kind of work itself out. Uh, yeah, you did that. I think you did that live once at the Yotel show that I saw. You did that. You did that like right on the spot. It's just so impressive. And it also just goes to show how much you guys dwell as a group. I mean, I Laguna, I've seen on her own. Rosé, I've seen on her own. You, I've seen on your own. And each one of you has something so unique and fabulous to bring to the table. And then the fact that you guys all come together, it's like this Witches of Eastwick moment. I'm just like, yes. this, there's <laughs> magic now, you know? Um, I, I have to, I just, a big shout out for Rosé. Rosé does this funny um, mix. It's like uh, it uses Barbara Streisand's "Funny," uh, and it 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 was so awe inspiring. And Laguna, when Laguna sings, it's like, girl, like get into the recording studio. I I'm just so impressed with Stephanie's Child, and I'm so proud of you, Jan Sport, for just kind of being this Beyonce that uh, that takes those high riffs that you know brings it up to this new level. I yeah. 
Yes. <laughs> Such a well, you know, somebody's got to somebody's got to hit the high notes. And I was fortunately blessed with um, being able to do that. But I want to also give a shout out to our amazing uh, voice teacher, Corey Jennings, because um, mm. she has transformed all of our voices. And we're all hitting notes that we didn't think we could before blending together better uh, than we um, ever have. And she's really the um, the force behind all of this. So I'm so grateful for her, but thank you so much for the compliments. I mean, we, it's so much fun because we love each other so much. We are truly a family and truly drag sisters and, and we get so much joy. We were, we were rehearsing today for our concert um, coming up next Friday and um, it's just so much fun. We, we have such a good time putting together this music. It doesn't feel like work. It just feels like us hanging out, doing what we love together. And uh, we're really grateful that that's our reality. Ugh. Yeah, I always feel like that's a good it's a good sign when you start working on something or you're collaborating on something. And even though, you know, there are times where it's like, oh, God, we have a lot we got to get done or a lot to figure out. It's there's that kind of underlying feeling of like, well, what else would I rather be doing? And what else would I rather be putting all this energy towards than this thing? So that like, even if it's hard, it's the right thing that I should be doing in my life. So and and we've been doing it for about two years now, uh, a little over two years actually. And uh, we we are still going. We're still kicking, and and we're mm. gonna do even more and bigger and better things coming in 2020. And uh, we're so excited. If anything, you know the the time. I feel like a lot of people will like and try to do groups, and things won't work out or pan out. You know, over you know two years. But um, I feel like we just keep growing, and we get more excited, and we get more ideas, and and we just want to keep you know, growing together as a family, which is so exciting. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm just so thrilled. So thrilled for Stephanie's child. Oh God. Um, so Jan sport, let's focus on Jan sport. First of all, I just want to tell you, I love your name for two reasons. <laughs> the first is the, the gay nineties kid. Just like my heart bursts because I think of the Jan sport backpacks. Right. right? Absolutely. But I also love the fact that your name is Jan, because one of my favorite retorts to anything is, sure, Jan. Sure. Oh, it's the best. It's the best. <laughs> nothing, nothing is greater than that. I love saying that. And But like, it's so sad when people don't get it, because like, uh. some, like, I'm just like, come on, like, we have to educate these people. But it's always something to um, bring up in conversation. And I, I, I love saying like, if yours is sure, Jan, I love, I've never heard of a George Glass at our school. <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. And another funny thing is like I grew up playing sports all my life. So not only is my first name something that brings me a lot of joy, but my last name is something that actually means a lot to me and something that I think kind of shaped me as a person growing up with all of the rules and regulations and the discipline and, and all of that. I like to think that I attack drag in a very aggressive form, but also have the finesse to be able to adapt and mold myself like a good athlete should. Yeah. And like all that teamwork. I mean, I think like, you know, it, if you were to tell the people like, here's three drag queens and they're all collaborating, right. people would be like, really? Is that possible? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so it makes sense. It's not yeah. to say we don't have our moments for sure, but, um, you know, we do our best to communicate. And I think over time with us learning more about the craft and about drag and, um, you know, about entertaining, we um, we get an ear for each other and we can always kind of tell um, 
how to communicate with one another when when something's wrong. So it, it, it's just great. We're growing together and uh, we're, we're so excited to, uh, you know, be three drag queens who are able to come together, join forces and become something bigger than all of us as an individual. So uh, it's, it's, it's great. That's such a beautiful outlook for just queer people lifting each other up. You know what I mean? I yeah. just, I'd love that. Yeah. It's kind of, it's very relevant. I think it's reminding me of what Louisiana talks about in this week's episode of like, you know, what happens when you find your community and what happens when you find your family. And it's like it, for a lot of queer people, that's when your life starts. Exactly. And what an episode, my gosh, I, I, I was so shocked to hear about Louisiana's upbringing and with her, you know, really saying that her life began at 36 years old. And it just goes to show you it's never too late in life. You can be whatever age you want to be and explore something new, explore something that will change your life and bring it to make it better. And uh, it was so inspiring to hear her. I'm such a fan of Louisiana. I think she's Damn. absolutely fabulous. Oh yeah! On I this agree. podcast, we call her Louise. Yeah, because she's just <laughs> she's got that big mom energy. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She's searching for the halls in her pocketbook. Yeah. you know, giving you a tissue when you need one. Yeah, she's she's <laughs> waiting in her Buick outside the school for whenever you're done with 100%. you know. With rehearsals. Jump yeah. out of a plane, she'll give you the pep talk. That's oh, right. that's right. Oh, those pep talks. I mean, it's just like, you know, those moments. I. I did not know that I could ask for this from my drag competition reality TV shows, but like to get those heartfelt moments where Louise is just like, you know, she says to Yavska, like, you're fucking magic, baby. Like, yeah. I just, that is, you know, we talk a lot about on All Right, Mary, we talk about kind media and just like the need for kind media. You know, Great British Bake Off is really like a quintessential example, but I really feel like Dragula, and they even talk about it in this episode, but Dragula and this season in particular just feels like really kind media. Right. It's And you know what the best part is? It's like, it's so, it's so left field. It's so different from what people would expect. And it's a yep. different type of drag that people are used to seeing. But again, it comes back at the end of the day to reflect that it is just humans doing what they love and expressing themselves through an art form at the end of the day. And that's so incredible. And it's so powerful. Yeah. And I think, you know, what's interesting about Dragula and I think because that there is this kind of like, you know, black beating heart underneath and there is this, this gruesomeness to all of it is that I think a lot of times that darker drag is only an indication of just like how deep of a story someone is coming into their drag with, you know, and like what they're working through or what they're expressing or dealing with. I think, you know, when you look at what Hollow Eve does, when you look at what Yavska does, what any of them do, it's like there's so much there that it's like, okay, this is coming. This is not just like a trivial thing. This is coming from like a real place. And I think that's exciting too to see. Right. It thrives on this different kind of alternative artistry that is so deeply embedded in all of these contestants. And it's amazing to see. I'm so excited about this season. I really, really feel like it is one of the best series of a reality television competition I've ever watched. I'm so entertained and I'm so happy for the franchise and for all the contestants who are on the show. 
Yeah, it, it feels like such a response to some other drag, not necessarily drag, but just reality TV competition shows where the, the point of the show is perhaps to exploit or to embarrass or just to find the fights and focus on kind of that negative aspect of things. But here, here it's, it's just showcasing kind of something more positive and forward thinking. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, a lot of TV shows will say, oh, we have to have drama, we have to have this to be able to make it entertaining. But it's so much more entertaining, I find, when you get to learn about real people and why they do drag and what inspires mm. them and their art. And we're finding those people. And there's not to say that there's not drama this season. There's not to say that there haven't been fights or arguments or disagreements. But it seems as though I'm finding that my favorite moments of the show are when I get to find out the heart of these contestants and Same. and and it's so beautiful and twisted the, the art that they do and it, just to see everybody's different perspectives on how they approach the challenges it's amazing and it's just a reflection of who they are as people and i think that's what it all boils down to which is why i love this show so much it reflects that it reflects how incredible these human beings are so I, before we go any further and dive into this episode and kind of introduce who we are, I just wanted to say, not only are you a solo act and one of a trio, but you're also one of a duo with Andrew Barrett Cox yes! on The Witching Hour on YouTube, where you have your own uh, recap clip show, which I got to say, it is edited hilariously with so many great references throughout for about 20 minutes. And it's just what I need after every episode. Thank you. I, you know, I have to say, Andrew is the most brilliant person I know. I have known him for years, I think a little bit over 10 years now. And um, we are two peas in a pod. Our humor, and this actually speaks a lot about who Andrew and I are, our friendship really blossomed one day. We were actually doing a production of Rocky Horror Picture Show, and <laughs> um, we found out that we had to change locations from an abandoned uh, chapel in a warehouse on the fourth floor to a nightclub, and Andrew and I had to move the entire set by ourselves. Oh now, the entire time, we were delirious. We were on two hours of sleep, and all we could do was quote Kelly Mantle walking into the workroom <laughs> saying, Hey, bitches, y'all ready to rock and roll? <laughs> Woo! Exactly. Yes. And so, and and that's that's just pretty much who Andrew and I are. We love obscure, niche humor that is funny to us, and we hope and we try to reach the other people out there who who appreciate those little quirks um, of, of of you know the internet. And and that's like what Andrew does, and that's what he's best at. His mind is brilliant. On top oh. of the fact that he's an incredible performer, songwriter, dancer, he's he does everything. I love him oh. to bits and pieces. He's my best friend. I, I got to tell you, th those references just warm my heart. And Colin can speak to this because Colin and I have known each other for a few years now. But like we'll be in mid conversation and he'll say something and I'll just then I'll just go to the quote now and, and I'll start quoting the, the, the scene and I'll have to play out the scene. And I just felt like the same energy with Andrew. It's like you would say something and then he'd be like, oh, this. And it's like, oh, right, this. And, and you just kind of go with it. And I love that relationship that you two have on it. And I want our all of our Marys to check out The Witching Hour on YouTube because it is so well edited and your responses to the episode are kind and fair and, and really entertaining. 
Thank you so much. I, I appreciate it. And, you know, we, we decided that we were going to do it kind of on a whim. We were like, this this would be fun. Let's do it. It's something that we can do together. And um, it's kind of, uh, you know, it's kind of been really, really great. It's an opportunity for us to have fun with each other. And if other people get enjoyment out of it, then uh, then so be it. It's, it's wonderful. So uh, thank you so much for the shout out. Oh, and yeah. uh, I'm glad that you're enjoying it. I think like doing stuff like that, like putting out, you know, making those little references and kind of throwing them out there. I think for a lot of times, a lot of people, I know certainly for myself and I think for a lot of queers, you know, who maybe grew up not, you know, fitting in is we make these references like a siren calls. Like, does anyone else get this reference? Mm -hmm. Is anyone else out there seeing the world like this? And when people come back, it's like, okay, great. Because I was afraid I was alone on this one. (laughs) And it like it creates this this sense of community even with people who are you know thousands of miles away right and as crazy as it is a lot of our references like while they do come from um you know drag shows we will um quote things i feel like from our childhood out of mm-hmm. nowhere yeah. and just like random youtube videos that we watched and like you know i'm a child of the internet i went to an all boys catholic school and when i was so did I. <laughs> yes oh yep. my gosh where did you go well, I went to so high school. Okay, I was Catholic co-ed K through eight, and then all boys Catholic high school. Oh my so, god, same. Yeah. Oh, that'll that that almost turned me off, boys. I got to tell you. <laughs> Well, yeah, I, I like to say that my um, biography will be I went to an all-boys Catholic school and now I'm a drag queen. I don't yeah. know how it's going to fit on the page, but uh, I want to make it work somehow. I think, yeah, yeah, you know, you're a drag queen. Just go big. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I'll be big and then the fine print will be small. Yeah, um, exactly. But it, I feel like when I was, like, having troubles or, or if I ever felt alone, I could as as crazy and millennial as it sounds, I could always go on the internet I can have, and I could find a video that would cheer me up and make me happy. And I love that me and Andrew are kind of that same person in a way where we love the internet, we love YouTube because we love that other people um, can share a bond with each other um, through just like something that somebody says that you know we don't know or that could be thousands of miles away and it brings us joy and and it, it's funny that we can connect on that i think social media is so funny and powerful in that way yeah i was just thinking about when someone posts something on like twitter and then like if it's something that i that has like an obscure reference or a lot of nuances in it i love the comment section to see other people who capture or catch the same little nuances i saw because again it's just like oh good 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 you saw it too and it's not like because i'm like so elite and get all the references i just you know it's just warming to know that like great this is like a I'm now having somewhat of a shared experience. Right. It's it's like, you know, not it, in a way it's validation of like, oh, yeah, this is funny. I thought this was funny. <laughs> like, like, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's that's so funny. Uh, well, before we go any further, let's uh, jump into this episode. But before we do, Colin, will you tell our Marys what they've been listening to for 25 minutes? Sure, <laughs> sure. Well, they are, of course, listening to another episode of All Right, Mary. All right, Mary. All right, Skip. Which is uh, our podcast dedicated to all things Dragula, the underworld of Dragula, and the nightmare the Boulet brothers created with this spooky, spooky TV show. I'm Johnny. And I'm Colin. And Jan is Jan. Yeah. (laughs) I am Jan. (laughs) And uh, we uh, we are here, of course... To discuss, among other things, episode six of season three of Dragula, which uh, I don't Hospital mean... of Horrors. Oh, Hospital of Horrors. That's what <laughs> I thought it was. Uh, which um, I 
you know, I'll say this on on the outset, just before we kind of dive into things, is my feeling is this episode is like, there are these like huge, like meaningful segments that I'm going to remember for the rest of the season that I'm going to love, you know, for all my days that I can remember Dracula. But overall, the episode, there's not like a ton that happens. Mm. Is that, you know what I mean? I definitely do. I was actually, when Andrew and I were reviewing the episode, we were like, all right, I guess they, uh, they kind of just did it. And, and uh, we, didn't really, yeah. we didn't really have too much to say. It was kind of just spelled out for us. It was uh, uh, pretty black and white. We were like, all right, this is, this is great. It, it yeah. made for a very fun, easy review. Um, but, you know, while they didn't necessarily do all that much, there was, it was jam-packed with a lot of things to comment on. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Well, let's let's start with um, Hollow Hollow Eve leaving. Uh, this kind of uh, created some sort of uh, debate in. I think you you guys call it the morgue, the in the boudoir. Oh right? yeah. We call it the morgue. I know it's the boudoir, but we just like to refer to it as the morgue. I don't know why, but we're like that's our name for it. It's totally the morgue. Yeah. Well, and it's like, and then you always flash the word morgue on the screen. Yes. Like, I just feel like it's like, we know, we know we're calling it the morgue. I know. I we want to just make sure everyone's aware. And, yeah. uh, I, I'm happy that Andrew catches it every time that we say it on the show because I'll slip sometimes and say boudoir and he'll just say morgue and uh, right, right. You know, make sure that I get it correct. <laughs> yeah. Well, so yeah, we have uh, them kind of all saying, well, oh, it's clear Eva's going to stay. And then, um, you know, uh, Priscilla jumps in is like, well, you know, I kind of, I kind of want Hollow to 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 stay, um, and then it comes into this idea of what Hollow is doing on the show, and Landon just kind of takes the stage. I feel like for the first time all season, right? Mm. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, have you noticed like what I've seen this season with Landon is that like he's great in this competition. Like we kind of look at these like there's like the the competition side of the show and the reality TV side of the show and like drag drag race is the same way and there's some queens like Madeline who's been killing the reality TV side of things and and kind of tripping up here and there obviously this week as well in the competition side whereas I feel like Landon has been the opposite you know we, we kind of joke yeah she's, she's like a contestant on Chopped it's like just very kind of straightforward <laughs> narratives and talking heads but otherwise Landon's really just there to do Landon's drag Right. He's absolutely been murdering this competition. And right. it's so exciting to watch. But you're right. This was, the, in my opinion, I, and maybe, you know, not even an opinion, kind of just fact, the first, like, standout moment from um, from him the entire season. And, you know, what a moment to have. And to talk about your drag, somebody else's drag, and what that drag um, of somebody else incites in you and how it inspires your drag to make sure that you are loud and, um, you know, provoking thoughts for other people and making sure that, you know, change is heard by a loud, loud voice. And the fact that Landon can acknowledge that and, and speak so highly of Hollow, regardless of other people's qualms, I think mm. is so badass. And I think it, it's great. Yeah, just the way that she framed it, how, you know, people who make change do it radically and they do it boldly like throughout history that's how change occurred and so it's like here we have this afab queen coming on here and talking about change and we might not like the way that it's you know presented we might not like the tea and how it's served we might want more sugar in it but you know what it's tea regardless and you know it's got to go down and i just love how she said well she went down in flames defending her art and i think that is, is such a beautiful way to, to like frame how she went home she didn't go home embarrassing herself in my opinion 
No, I don't think so at all. And, you know, I'd rather have somebody talk about the issues that they want and be able to have a conversation than not to speak up at all. And uh, I think Hollow is a great example of that. Even, um, I don't know if you saw, um, when Hollow did get eliminated, um, Hollow put up an apology yeah. about excluding, um, you know, anybody of a specific gender or not gender who uh, menstruates. And I thought that that was something that was very important for Hollow to do because I think that they practice what they preach. And, right. um, and that is somebody who I respect and who I am looking forward to seeing more of um, beyond this competition. And I, I love that Landon acknowledges that. Yeah, I, I think it's also important to to listen to the others in the room because Colin and I talked about on previous episodes how Hollow going home, we kind of saw a foreshadow of it when Hollow was talking to Yavska about the difference between being in a competition and in the difference between like your art. And you have to choose. What are you going to do? Are you going to go into the competition side or are you going to the art side? And a lot of the others in the room are like, well, you got to take critique if you're going to win the competition. And if you're going to win this competition, you can't take things too personally and uh, uh, you know, you, you might have to change a little bit and listen. And that's one way to approach the show. But it seemed like Hollow, just like the advice she was giving the Yavska, is like, you just got to do you if that's what you want to do. And so I appreciated everybody chiming in because, as Louise said, you know, she took critique and she'd be an idiot if she didn't apply it in order to win. And I totally get that. And there's also Hollow. It's like, well, yeah, they were going to critique me regardless, maybe. It's it's one of those things where you're like, well, I'm special and they picked me for a reason. And so I'm going to show them me. But, I, you know, I always say this and, I, and I've said this about my own drag when I started. I started out as like a very, very obscure musical theater queen, but it didn't necessarily relate to my audiences as much. And I said, I don't want to sacrifice my art. I just want to find a different way to express it that doesn't sacrifice the artistic integrity that I have with my performance. Granted, I got months to do that and they have maybe a week to apply that to their, um, you know, their, maybe not even a week, maybe a day to apply that to their artistry and drag. So it's, it's very tough. But I admire and I respect that Hollow, you know, said I wouldn't change a thing. This is what exactly what I would do. Mm. And um, yeah, they did kind of like, go down to the flames. I, and I feel but like there were good for them. Yeah, to, I mean, because I think that's the way you want to go, right? You don't want to go out like, you know, I don't know, like with a putter, with just kind of like giving up or just standing there like Charlie Hyde's. Uh, <laughs> but I, I feel like with with Landon's kind of moment here and speaking up and saying, you know, um, I think Hollow was having a hard time finding, you know, her heart with her art, excuse me, within the limitations of this competition. It, if you kind of know, and I'm assuming you know, kind of like the full T about Hollow's look and what they wouldn't let her do um, with like the the tampons and whatnot. Me, me, and Andrew had kind of come to the conclusion that that's what would happen because we got the foreshadowing of the products when. Um, Hollow and Dahlia kind of got into it. So I imagine yeah. that um, is what happened. Oh, yeah, was, Hollow came out and told us. Yeah, so she, yeah. there was stuff like posted on like Reddit or whatever that, yeah, there were there were limitations put on of what she was allowed to do on television and allowed to show, which of course is kind of ironic for a show like Dragula that is pushing the boundaries in every other way. Right, we're eating cow brains. Oh, and you can't show period blood. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah. Well, yeah, and then also, me and, this is what me and Andrew were talking about, and, like, we'll get into this later on in the episode, of course, but, you know, seeing 
an actual stillborn cat. Oh my god! On, oh my god! On, on on the screen, we were like, and Hollow couldn't. <laughs> right, I know menstruation products. Okay, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. I, I guess not. Yeah, yeah. It, That's it, certainly something we should touch on later. Yeah, but. it really. I mean, it's just it's such a strange like. I, I mean, I, beyond a double standard, it's it's just like an inconsistency. But I and I feel like the other contestants, the remaining contestants, were like it just seemed like they weren't allowed to talk about what really happened and they had to frame all of this around, well, Hollow just couldn't take critiques. Mm. It's like, well, I don't know. if That may have been somewhat accurate in the situation, but I think when you come on Dragula with a very specific platform and you come on Dragula thinking like, okay, this is the place to share it. And like the, the one of the biggest issues that you kind of speak out and do drag, you know, to speak about is the thing that's being you're told, you know, oh, you can't do, you can't represent your your female biology, you know that to me is a is a very different narrative than yeah. she can't take critiques. Yeah, and you know, just to use a, a tagline from Dra- Dragula is like talk about the big picture, Clint. It's like if we're gonna show big picture and think about big picture, talk about this censorship, right? Like it's it it's just so interesting that the episode before we have these people being like, oh, think about the big picture. And I'm here I am after Hollow goes home. It's like, well, the big picture here is you have an AFAB queen for the first time on a drag uh, competition show and they go home basically because of something that has to do with, you know, their gender or their, their, their sex. Right. How ironic. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of crazy. And I'm wondering though, you know, I, I feel like the boulets would obviously be okay with that, but it seems like it's probably something that's a little bit more based in the um, production company or, or yeah. the distributor. And um, yeah. I, I, I wonder if they were on set when all of this happened and, and they were kind of monitoring things for legal reasons and stuff like that. And, you know, that gets into a whole other conversation and narrative uh, about that. But, um, you know, it, it is unfortunate to see to see that happen. Yeah, it makes me think of we've talked about this a lot and I'm curious your point of view on this. But in season two of Drag Race, uh, in one some untucked moment, I think Raven and Tatiana were talking and kind of this idea of like changing your drag to fit what the judges are asking for. And I think at the time Tatiana was like, well, this is the drag that I do. And a lot of queens are like, this is just what I do. And Raven said something along the lines of like, if that's what they want me to do, I'll change my drag because I can go back to what I do when I go home. But if that's what I have to do to win, then sure, I'll change it. Um, Curious what you think about that. You know, I don't know if it's because the times have changed. And when Raven said that, it wasn't, and, and, you know, this is just a fact, drag race and the drag phenomenon that it is now was not at the level that it was um, Mm -hmm. back in season two. And I feel like, yeah, you could go back to the bar and do the gigs that you were doing, you know, back on season two. You know, it wasn't a social media blast like it is now, but people now create taglines. They create things off of the characters and the outfits and the things that they do on the show now and so of course you can go back and change things and and do whatever later on but that might not be what people know you for at the end of the day like of course if monet can go back and change her sponge dress do i think she would have you know who the hell knows but i will say something that is so unique to her character and i feel like it's because of social media is because of her sponge dress and that is something Mm -hmm. that we so uh, heavily associate with her 
I yeah. feel like a lot of it is about how you're portrayed on television now and what people can associate you with. And I don't know if that was the same case back when season two was airing. And of course it, it was in a certain way. Like we, you know, obviously we have thank you and you know, all of that, but you know, I, I, it's, it's interesting. It's, it's a fine, fine line and you have to kind of decide what you're going to do in those moments. I don't think yeah. anything is unforgivable or erase uh, or unerasable, uh, but um, you know it, it is. Uh, in my opinion is I think that you should change to the point if they're asking you to change, you should change to the point that you're comfortable with, but don't do anything outside of your comfort zone that will um, deter you. Um, do anything that would go out of side your comfort zone that you think will benefit you. Mm. Yeah, and that's a that's a really good point. Is that what's happening now with Drag Race versus season two? Is the drag that you do on Drag Race is the drag people expect you to do on the tours right. and in the bars? That's what they like you for. Yeah, yeah, that's so true. Um, yeah, and and I guess that is like we do see that. I mean, we just recapped the first episode of Drag Race UK. We've been done. We've done Drag Race Thailand. We're doing Dragula now, and that's so the the model is like you go on there thinking, okay, what. You kind of have to go in planning for that, that something I do on this show is going to become my thing. Right. Exactly. People are going to want to see that. Yeah. Um, and, and now, you know, now there are tours. People are capitalizing on Drag Race and, um, and Dragula. And, and, you know, there's so much, in my opinion, there's a lot more um, performance outlets. But also, like you said, when you go on the show, people are going to expect to see that when you go on tour and when you go to the bars and so deciding those things now i think is a lot more important than it was back then oh yeah yeah because that's it's a decision that you're making for potentially many years yeah. <laughs> but i mean also on the same token and i mean this is me being my own devil's advocate it's like you know we still go back and watch season two people are just finding <laughs> out what drag race is now and so that's right. those people are solidified as they are uh you know for the rest of time yeah, I mean, you're right. Is like retroactively, you know, that then becomes like the thing you're known for. And I think a lot of these queens, like on social media, they'll be like, I said that 10 years ago. Like, move on. You know, like Fifi O'Hara, I think, is a great example of that. Right. You know, that that's just not who she is. I mean, of course, she was on Dragula, and it was a totally different energy right. than what we saw in season four. Of course. Yeah. And I don't know if y'all have been keeping up with her Harry Potter, not to get off topic, but... um her Harry Potter looks that she's doing for October out of this world. I, I've seen oh, a I few of them on Reddit. Up. You know, yeah. she lives really close to me. She lives in Dumbo. Oh, does she? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. She lives really close. I, I, right I, where I... the magic happened. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Literally. Literally, yes. Yeah. yes. Uh, wands and all. Uh, Aloha, Mora. Um, so, so just kind of um, moving into the, the episode uh, some more. Uh, we find out, you know, about the photo shoot and everything. We get Louise walking into the morgue saying photo shoot and posing. Um, we get Landon's Shiro hat. Um, and then things, you know, things get serious again with uh, Louise having kind of her personal moment where we learn more about uh, Louise's upbringing. Um, and Colin, I know you have, uh, you know, some reactions to this. I mean, this, you know, I, as RuPaul once said, emotions don't scare me, honey. And... I and so I am I have no shame in saying that like the ugly crying I did watching the wow. scene ugly crying and I don't know I'm also like in the middle of moving and like, like my life is kind of in flux so my emotions are a little you know uh, loopy doopy 
But I definitely think that, you know, Jan, you were kind of saying this earlier that like, you know, she started drag at 36. Like it's never too late to start a new chapter, to become a new person. Um, and I you know I'm, I'm going to be, I'm 34. I'll be 35 in January. I don't feel a sense that my life has not started. It's pretty rich, but the idea that something could happen a year from now, that is like then the defining characteristic of my life. Mm. That's um, really exciting and inspiring because I think especially gay men, we like, we'll put an expiration stamp on ourselves. Sure. Some way too early, right. you know? Absolutely. And it's just so silly. Like, you know, everyone lives their lives and has so much to offer at any age. And um, it's a beautiful story. And, and I'm happy that you had an emotional reaction to that. And I think that it just even, you know, it further proves the point that this show has such a heart and um mm. it's it's incredible to see these people who are not only amazing at their drag but they're real people too they go through shit and um they're they are um thriving and it doesn't matter what yeah. age they started it doesn't matter what they've gone through they've persevered and that's yeah. a beautiful thing to see we've heard this wisdom from louise before i think in pandora box when mm -hmm. she said how her once she stopped waiting for the phone call from her dad, then she could like really let go. And Louise said something that really spoke to me, which is when I started to tear up, which is that like you have to let go of your parents' approval. And when she's on stage, that's when she's truly alive. And that queer people have a strength that you can and you could see it in their face because we had to go through a lot of fucking shit in the world. And for her, that was that approval that she held onto for so long from her parents. And for me, as someone that like I have pretty, you know, accepting parents, but the minute I, I stopped waiting for them to approve stamp of approval of what I was doing in my life, that's when I started to just like take off and start to make decisions based on me rather than like what they expected. And I can't even imagine being in the situation like Louisiana where, you know, she basically had no choice except to resist wanting their approval because what was more important was her own happiness. Exactly. And, and at such a young age to, to be faced with the reality that your parents don't support who you are at, at such a young age. And I feel like that is much like so many queer people now. And, um, you know, there's more out there than you think. And the fact that Louisiana could share her story, it's going to impact so many people more than she knows. And to be able to be vulnerable and to share that and to give a ray of light to some kid who's watching the show, not even a kid, anybody who's going through something hard in their lives and to show, you know, that you can get through something like that, you know, no matter, you know, that if your parents don't support your actions or your decisions or, you know, at the core of it, who you are and who you cannot change it's, you know, it's incredible to see her thriving and so happy. And from what I've heard, and it, it reminds me of when they're reading the story in, um, was it Alternative Times? Alternative Press. Alternative Press. Alternative Press. And they're reading that story, and I think uh, Drac had that line of, like, I just, I created what I was so desperate for as a child. And I feel like what I've heard about Louisiana is, like, that's kind of, she's done similar things where she's just, like, a very supportive, you know, drag performer and supports new performers and like it's just like a, you know, a real light in her community. And I think that's I mean, that's a huge challenge to to not only like pull yourself out of a dark place, but then to like become the light for other people to pull themselves out of a dark place. That's a that's so 
it's so hard to, you know, it's so hard to just do the first step to then do the second step is really incredible. Like to, to help. Uh, some people say that the best way to help yourself is to start by helping others. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. that, that, that volunteer work that uh, just like looking outward first is really what is going to create like a mirror effect mm-hmm. and will create a light in you. And it, it it's a hard step because when you're in that moment, you're so like, Oh, my life, my life, me, 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 me. How do I get out of this? But it, to have the strength to push forward and to look outward, Oh God, when you get there, it's just, it's everything. It's everything. It's a, it's a beautiful transformation. Yeah. It really is good for you, Louise. Yeah. yeah, and all that in that in that beautiful mustard cardigan, yes. the mustard raptor the, that I love so the much. Fur, yes. With the fur, <laughs> I you know, and and part of that is just I think what I love about Louisiana, and some of it comes with her age and kind of, in a way, Louisiana earning her identity, going mm. taking you know the, the hard yards of of discovering who she really is. Um, that what emanates from her as well is that feeling of like she is just being unabashedly herself. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's a huge challenge, you know. I, I, it reminds me of like Disasterina from season mm. two. It's like, oh, you're just being yourself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so not only does that make mm-hmm. us fall in love with, you know, Louisiana in the boudoir slash morgue, but <laughs> right. we get to fall in love with her drag persona as well. And it's so oh. exciting to see and to watch how she applies all of that to the challenges. My favorite part about Louise is that she, and I love that you call her Louise. Like, <laughs> I, 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 am, I, I am taking that with me to the grave. Yeah. I love it's all it. yours. <laughs> Thank you. And, uh, but she, um, you know, she, in my opinion, has such a different perspective on the competition and the challenges that any of the other girls do. And I love to see her takes on it. Yeah, yeah, that's I agree. And I, I mean, this week, that's a it's a great example. Yeah, well, of that. that's a good segue. Let's yeah. talk about some of these looks uh, that they had to have pictures with. Um, I, and we'll start with Louise, that pink candy striper. Uh, just like she was strangled, I guess, and now haunts the hospital. Um, it was so understatedly creepy because of the story. Mm. I, it, it was, uh, and you don't expect that because on Dragula, you're like, oh, monster, right? But this is like, oh, there's something, you know, really beautiful and simple, but then there's this grotesque thing that all you have to do is just like turn it a little bit and it's like disgusting and scary. Uh, and I love that about her nuanced drag. It's it, It's fabulous. I agree. I think that as as the as she kind of as the look kind of unfolded, you realized, oh God, there's all these like awful nuances that are not in your face. They're just suggesting something awful. Yes, it's a creepy character in a beautiful package, and that's mm-hmm. what I love about Louisiana. It, like I don't think about Dragula or horror all the time, and necessarily go for pinks and vibrant colors <laughs> like she does. And I love that she does that and puts this unique dark twist on her characters. It's so incredible and it makes her stand out. It makes me think of like, I always love in a horror movie when there's like the final showdown or a climactic scene or whatever, or just a scary scene, but it takes place in the middle of the day. It's not like at night in the woods. It's like 3 PM on a Tuesday in a mundane location. Like that juxtaposition is so scary because it's just not what we're used to seeing in the, the Zodiac killer. There's that really creepy scene with the couple by the the river or the lake. I've heard that scene. That scene is so scary. And it, it, it just so simple. There's no music. It's up. 
whatever it is in my head is probably an awful enough that I never need to see it. Don't watch it. Yeah. Yeah. My brain goes to the incredibly horrific scene in the parent trap when um, they actually <laughs> find out that they came back and it's actually in the den during a rainy day instead of the <laughs> nighttime in Paris. And so I'm just like, you know, it's just so crazy. <laughs> but like, yeah, I, I, love that that's where, I love that. That's where you went. Grown yeah. back. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes. I, I, but yes, I, I think all of that, all, <laughs> that those, those disparate examples, I think all go back to, yeah, what Louisiana's doing of just, and what she's really been doing this whole season is, you know, it, it's not, it's not the expected look. It's not, um, it's just a different approach and it her looks even though in size like the actual like there's a there's a physical size to them that's smaller than a lot of some of these other looks i think the the iceberg underneath the impact of them the economy of her looks is just like genius and it doesn't take all of it doesn't take all the stops. It doesn't take going big and over the top. If you have a strong concept that you can execute flawlessly, then you are in business with your own style of drag. And I am getting that from Louisiana. Mm-hmm. I, I'm totally. nervous for Louise because she's the only one that hasn't won a challenge. And I feel like next week, if she doesn't win a challenge, like if she doesn't win next week, she's going home. I mean, at this point, yeah, because if, if so, there's what five queens left now that Madeline's yeah, gone. Yeah, I mean, so let's see. There's there's Dahlia Louise. who won one. So yeah, Dahlia, Louise, Priscilla, Landon, um, Eva. Eva. Yeah, I mean, this is. But you know, listen, like Alaska season five took her a few challenges, and then she was killing it towards the end. Okay. So, All right. um, and I, even um even season um two. Oh right, with bitch. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Totally. I I think that um, you know what I've noticed this season, and Johnny mentioned earlier, there was that kind of act one gun of Hollow talking about there's art and there's the competition, and then that kind of being part of her downfall. I think what I've noticed with season three is that they'll plant these little hints, like two episodes earlier, to something that then happens, and. I feel like they're doing that now with Louisiana as setting her up as being on a trajectory, you know? I, I kind of got that um, when when Louisiana was saying, you know, I'm the only one who hasn't gotten a win yet, but mm-hmm. don't keep me out because I've been in the top three times. And, and, you know, it is exciting because Louisiana now has been in the top four times. Yeah. 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 Don't discount Miss Geist. Don't yeah. discount Miss Geist. That's yeah. what I keep saying. <laughs> yeah. <can't>. Um, <laughs> that pretty little waste. <laughs> I hope to see her in in the uh, in the top. I really. Do. I was just going to ask you: Do you think that 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 Louisiana has potential? Louisiana has potential of going to the top three. You know, I I do see the potential just because of the rise, and I feel like if we really look at it, Eva has gotten some rough critiques the past two weeks. Although while mm. really excelling in the competition, so is the pressure getting to her i don't think that dahlia's look although i guess technically she was in the top this week in my opinion wasn't my favorite look of hers that she's had I agree. um so i don't know and, and i feel like while maybe the some of the contestants started off really strong are they topping themselves each week and in my mind i think that 
Louise was a contestant who I did not anticipate making it this far, but am pleasantly surprised because like she said, she's taking the notes and she's applying them to the competition and she gets stronger and stronger each week. And I want to see somebody in the top who will take notes, is a good listener, but is also great and unique in their art. And I'm getting all of those boxes with Louise. I agree. I, you know, my my ideal top three has shifted around mm. throughout the season. I, I think consistently, I want to see Landon in the top three. I yes. think, I one hundred percent. Yeah, I think regardless of king or queen, I think his is some of the most complex, accomplished drag of this. And it's always lot. a concept. There's yeah, always something said. Yeah, uh, even this week, just this idea of like, like science, like always chasing intelligence and knowledge instead of really helping people. Like, what a what a concept to put into a look to say something. I I was so fucking impressed. Yeah, it's yeah. Anytime, anytime, me and Andrew watch, we just we're like, yep. I can't. I like. I, 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 I like. It's just incredible. The level of drag is just so incredible across the board. But with Landon specifically, I am just gobsmacked. Yeah, I agree. I think there's just there's as as much as I'm again as we've all been saying like Louisiana and just like the economic choices that she makes because she has a clear vision. I love that. I prefer that drag, but I respect that Landon is is building this like you know just this this complex narrative on on her body and telling a story that way with so many details that like you can't look away because there's always something new to look at you know it's incredible the detail and you know it's one of those things where you know okay so i look at somebody like landon and it's an incredibly complex piece with a lot of details but each of the details serve the purpose and unfortunately I, i would say there, you know, in my opinion, Maxie would also have a lot of details on their costume, but it wasn't refined in the same way and didn't necessarily serve the purpose that I see when Landon constructs an outfit. Yeah, right. I the, hear that. Their details were more extraneous. It seemed it was like, oh, I'm gonna put this this fringe on, and there, it had nothing really to do with the overall concept. Yeah, I think I think that shows uh, that's obviously an artist thing but also experience i'm assuming Mm, yeah exactly and and landon is incredibly uh, accomplished um definitely um a king that i knew of before um he was cast on dragula but um you know he he's proving why um he is one of the more seasoned contestants this season and um is really stepping up to the plate and I think the only falter that Landon has had this entire season was that he crawled on the ground. Oh yeah, yeah that's it. Uh, while, yeah. while making a statement about, you know, how humans are treating the environment. And I was like, if that's your critique, boo, then you're doing fine, Oklahoma. Right. Right. <laughs> okay, L A M O M A. They were just scraping the bottom of the ocean trying to find something to critique her that week, you know? But <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I really... She's I, part of our world. Sorry, absolutely, go ahead. yeah. <laughs> what do you call them? Drag kings? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I think Landon at this point is a shoe-in for top three. So yeah, it would, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead it would be shocking, shocking yeah. if Landon was not in the top. 
Yeah. My other top three, because I'm switching between Priscilla and Louise now, because mm. Priscilla, I was like, especially after last week, I was like, oh, this is top three. I, I feel like she is a certain there's a certain level that that Priscilla is going to. She has a story. But this week, I want to talk about Priscilla's look um, because, you know, the the look let's talk about the look first there were it, it was it lacked some detail it was uh obviously they read her for the the pink stomach not matching her skin tone which i totally got and i think the look was problematic but and i i totally understood the critique of like the the calf just sort of upstaged her because i had so many questions like where did she store it you know, like, uh, how long was she carrying this around? Did she pack this in her luggage? Like, where did this thing come from? Oh, you mean, like, the actual prop? I thought you like, the characters. It's like, not a prop. Well, it's not. Um, it's a real stillborn cow. She said that it was uh, not. I feel like she, she explained at some point on the on the stage that this was, like, you know. It died of natural causes. It was found naturally. Did you? Would you follow up on this? Did you... I watched the episode, Jan. What did you? What hear? did you pick this up? She said it. it. It was. It was an actual stillborn cow that she found. Um, I. I would imagine at a farm that might be near where she lives, but it was. It died of natural causes, and she got the animal and brought it to the competition. Mary, it was a real stillborn calf. Okay, so so we can show. Something that is <laughs> developed into a fully formed thing, but when it's just menstrual blood, it's a problem. I'm like, can I just like do the math? That's here? where my confusion. Me and Andrew were going back. We were like, why can we show this and not show a, 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 a like a period blood? Why, why can't yeah. we do that? She was holding it with her bare hands. Like there was just as much like bacterial contamination that could have happened. I'm like, this thing was dead. She was kissing it. Yeah. She was, yeah. No, I. Ugh. If you're gonna do it, this is the show to do it totally. on. And you totally. know, I I respect and um and um you know give a salute to uh, Priscilla for um you know the nerve to do that. Um, but I think what happens sometimes is we take a big swing and sometimes we get a big miss. And this for me, I was, I I was confused. I feel like some people are, are saying that they were uncomfortable by it. And, um, and I get it on all accounts. Her, the face, I, I thought the concept was cool. Beauty and death. And I get it. This, she went to an extreme, which I expect in drag. I think going to an extreme is cool. I don't think I'm critiquing her for having the cow it's it's just my my visceral reaction of like oh my god there's this real i have so many questions where how is this sent what is going on here we have to go we have to leave we have the whole time the whole time <laughs> it was it was just one of those moments uh and i, I yeah I, I'm, I'm right there with you it's <laughs> it was it was wild to see i was so surprised because i was looking at it the whole time and I was like, wow, this prop is uh, so lifelike, so realistic. Um, it, it's really crazy. And then when Priscilla reveals that it's an actual Ugh. stillborn calf, I yeah. was shocked. I just didn't even process that because I, I guess I just determined subconsciously, well, like, obviously, he's not going to have a real <laughs> or she's not going to have a real calf. Like, come on, it's TV. You're not allowed to show this on TV. I mean, next thing you know, we're going to see like 
period. Blood. Blood. <laughs> hey, as, as Laganja Stranger once said, it's real, bitch. And um, I was shocked. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I know <clears throat> I know I'm I'm harping on the hollow thing, but it a lot of this <clears throat> excuse me, a lot of my my reaction to this is it to what Priscilla is doing is, you know, it's like, okay, well, if that's what you're doing and no cows got harmed in the process of making this look, then I guess I'm fine with it. But when, when hollow is being told that she can't even have anything that looks like red color on or near the tampons, like that was the extent her makeup couldn't incorporate right. blood or right. red. So like when those lines are being drawn, and then the next week, there's a calf fetus being, you know, uh, suckled in front of me. I guess I just I feel like I'm being gaslit. I yeah, just yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not Dracula. We're not blaming the boulets no. or out TV or anything. It's it's this censorship that has been in place since the 70s. Right. Um, for, for however long they've been having tampon commercials on TV. But because uh, I the think blue that's liquid what it is, right? Yeah. Blue liquid. It has to come out as blue. It can't we can't see fecal matter. It can't be brown. It can't be red. I mean, it's like it's crazy. And then yet this calf. It's like, here we go. Let's kiss it. Let's let's soothe it. Yeah. And and you know what's the craziest part is that um, it was it was Hollow's own blood, and um, I think that that's yeah. like so you know for for your own body to be denied the opportunity and the right to express yourself, I think is wild. Um, mm -hmm. I get it, I, I do understand um, in a way, but I think it you know, and it's not even. I would love to see it, and it kind of reminds me of um, Manila's. Um, yeah, outfit, yeah. Um, from All Stars that also got um, censored, and um, you know, it, it's just it's just wild. I don't understand why some things are okay and some things are not okay. Because if you asked me what would be okay on an alternative drag show and what wouldn't, I would say that you know both of those. You know, if if it was of natural causes and nobody was hurt or harmed in the making, then why can't we show both? Right. Yeah. Yeah, really. And I think that, you know, I, I would love to, you know, because all I've ever heard is like, oh, TV rules. And I guess my mind just goes to like, well, it's on like Amazon. <laughs> so we're not trying. We're not. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's not like it's ABC and we need to be like Toyota commercial friendly. Yeah, I, it's not like we're owned by Disney and we're like, yeah. Oh, OK, yeah, maybe let's not show what we show the Thanksgiving Day Parade on. But, you know, like right. it, it's not it's on Amazon and it's an alternative drag show. Yeah, so I I think in that respect I don't quite understand the rules here that they're following, but um, that's you know at the end of the day, uh, I I think maybe that is you know I guess devil's advocate maybe that is kind of the reality of growing a show like this out of the basements and the bars at two a.m. and all that is at a certain point to get more mainstream exposure you are going to come up against these these Compromise. set comp yeah these compromises exactly and i think this goes back to that question right of like do you change your drag so to speak to fit the model of what they're asking mm. and then how does that change our point of view of dragula right 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 and you know i i i've kind of had this conversation with people before i think it's just one of those things i love dragula but i don't want it to be um as as like widely popular 
as Drag Race because I don't want it to get the I don't want it to take the edge away mm-hmm. that it has because I feel like that is so special and it's so needed and necessary. And while I don't want it like I don't want it to be as mainstream, I want it to be as popular because I think that these stories are so important and I think we're showcasing a totally different light and element that people are not used to seeing and it's so amazing and inspiring to see but i don't ever want it to lose its edge and um you know i i and i want people to feel like they are represented and i feel like it's sad when you can't represent something that's so strong and passionate towards you and to so many others out there yeah yeah what do you think of the uh the top and bottoms for this week right we have landon who won louise was in the top dahlia was in the top and then the bottom three was Eva, Priscilla, and Maddie. And obviously Priscilla and Maddie had to go to the extermination. Did you agree with this kind of layout? You know, it's ironic to me because the Boulets said, you know, we're getting down to it. If you're not in the top, then you're in the bottom. And I was like, you know, it really kind of seems to me that there's a clear top, safe, and bottom to me. Mm-hmm. I yes. thought that Eva and Dahlia would have been safe. And I thought that Landon and Priscilla would be high. And I thought, I'm sorry, Landon and Louise would be high. And then Priscilla and um, Mad would be in the bottom. So I do agree with the bottom. I do, I guess, partially agree with the top. I definitely agree with the win. Um, but yeah, I, 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 um, I was actually, and no uh, pun intended, I guess, shocked to find out what the extermination <laughs> was. Um, yeah. I um just before we because I would be remiss if I didn't if I didn't because I want to talk about the extermination I have some feelings on it but uh I um I love of course that this episode uh brought me back to one of my favorite things about 2018 which of course was the movie Hereditary did you see Hereditary? You know, I am, um, well, I am reviewing a um, horror um, and uh, glamour um, and filth-based show. <laughs> I am not one to um, subject myself to scary movies often. Uh. Um, I unfortunately have not seen Hereditary. I am actually, okay, so me and, long story short, me and Andrew just went to um, Halloween Horror Nights, and um, it actually kind of got me into being able and more comfortable to watch horror movies, so I'm going to give it a shot. Um, oh. I, I, um... It's a tricky one to start with. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, no, Jan, don't start with this one. <laughs> Thank you so much for um, for your input on that, because, you know, imagine I just try to, you know, I'm off the deep end, watch as I dive in, and then I never go back to the <laughs> But I actually have met Millie Shapiro um, in a uh, not so spooky setting. She was singing on my own at a 50 uh, at a um, Yotel concert that we did. Um, so it was in a very different setting. But I think that Millie is um, quite incredible. What great critiques she had this yeah. entire episode. Okay. I really enjoyed her. She's um, from what I've read about her, because when I saw Hereditary, I was like, who is this little girl? Mm. So I I immediately looked at Millie Shapiro and and all that she is. And she is actually like really into horror. She's really kind of into creepy, twisted things like that's just kind of her aesthetic. So for her to be someone that critiques, you think it's kind of like, oh, it's just a horror movie connection. But actually, she had some really great insight. And it came up with uh, Eva when she was like, I don't really believe the blood splattering. And I was like, Work, work and then Eva's literally like Millie just read me for my tights like right. <laughs> yes she did yeah, she did, did. On, on television yeah yes ma'am 
Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I, uh, yeah, it, I, I appreciated her there. I, um, I might get tattooed somewhere in my body. Tony Collette was robbed for hereditary because it's like the best performance of 2018. So that is actually a reason to see it is that it's like, it's, yeah, it's, it's next level actress. You know, Jana, I got to tell you, I, I saw the movie, but I turned it off, uh, I turn it off. I didn't see the last twenty five minutes of the movie because I knew something terrible was going to happen. So you actually probably can get through. It's still very scary and very creepy, but you could probably get through most of the movie and then just read about the rest on Wikipedia. Um, that's what I did, but like certainly don't watch it alone. Like mm. definitely not. You know that sounds wonderful. And if I'm ever on a plane, I find that I can watch scary things on planes um, okay. because I have somebody next to me or around me, and I can't hear it like so loudly because the engines of the plane are just mm-hmm. so loud <laughs> that I don't get too too scared. I watched Us on the plane back from oh, Orlando, wow. and oh, I was wow. like, you know, this wasn't so bad. Yeah, that was kind of fun, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah exactly. Was this yeah. a comedy? Wow. <laughs> us. I know. This is us. Yeah. Us, the family-friendly comedy. I was watching yeah. it next to a six-year-old on this plane coming back from Disney with the Mickey Mouse in her hand. Oh my like, God. Wow, what a film. Yeah. Oh Teach him God. young and let him Exactly. I didn't get taught young to watch scary movies, so yeah. somebody has to teach this kid. Exactly, exactly. It's like Priscilla, you know, uh, not Priscilla, it's like Louise. She's just acknowledging and um, embracing the youth and trying to make their lives a little bit better with her own Totally, <laughs> totally. You're being the light and we thank you for it. That's right, that's right. You know, one of my one of my favorite moments of the episode was when Louise clicks at Millie and then Millie clicks back and then Swan clicks and then Paige clicks and then Swan points to Drac and then Drac clicks, but he goes, but wait, wait, it's less of a tongue pop, right? And I'm like, right, dad. Right. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yes, exactly. I love those so moments. Funny. Such a fun right. exchange. Right. And the drag is so high. Like, this, it's such like you'd almost expect them to be inaccessible mm-hmm. or kind of like removed because the looks are so severe. And then, yeah, they're just like, they're just like really, they just seem like really chill, normal people, which it's is so silly. And like, yeah. uh, while, while the aesthetic is so jarring and it's so captivating. They really seem like they are so approachable and so mm-hmm. kind, and I, I love hearing um, uh, and 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 feeling that way. I love the feeling that they give me when I watch the show, and I'm pleasantly surprised by how kind they seem to be. Yeah, it's like shocking. Again, no pun intended. <laughs> that Dragula is such a feel-good show. Like it just um, not what I would have expected. And and maybe you know I haven't all I haven't seen all of season one, but you know even season two wasn't as feel-good as season three. Right. Yeah, season three is really just doing it. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, we are now at the, of course, extermination. Um, I could operation. only... Yeah, the Operation Extermination. I could only watch this once. I can usually only get through them once. Oh, I thought it was so funny. You know, it was very entertaining, and Madeline was kind of... It was like... It was like she had just, it, like she was like, you know, at the end of Kate Chopin's The Awakening. She was just like walking into the yeah, ocean. Well, yeah, exactly, she was yeah. done. But I loved the, you know, the anguish of Priscilla, this whole challenge, right, you know? Right. I just won last week. I just won last week. I'm not going home this week. Yeah. Uh, and then yeah. Madeline, I, I think Madeline is just like, well, 
They got me, gal. And uh, yeah. I'm just going to go out and have some fun. And uh, yeah. that's what I got from Madeline. I, I love Madeline. I think she's so, I think she's a great sport. Um, and yeah. uh, I, I enjoyed watching her throughout this process. Like, like literally just taking the things out and being like, oh my God, I can't get it if I don't get that, if I don't get shot. And like just doing it, I was like, you go, Mad. And just doing it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I got to tell you, her Tuesday night shows for Dragula at Macri Park are phenomenal. Jan, if, you, if you're if you ever free on a Tuesday, you should just go perform with her. She is such a blast. She has great guests. She does great numbers, and it's a great time. She's fabulous. I've worked with her a couple of times, and I've gone to see her before, um, and I think that she is just so, so interesting. She's a really, really nice person. She's absolutely stunning. And I know that we're, we've moved on from the looks, but uh, Madeline's makeup this, this episode was just so beautiful. I was yeah. like, oh yeah. my God, I've never seen you look more beautiful on the show. Um, it's true. She but, did look real gorgeous this week. Yeah. 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 But you know, um, it, it, it worked out how it worked out. Um, yeah. And um, it, it is what it is, but I, I love Madeline. I think she's so, so great. And I'm so happy that she got the um, experience to uh, be on the show and to get more people to be on Team Madeline and uh, have mm -hmm. more people exposed to her uh, amazing art and amazing drag. Yeah. And she got a catchphrase. She got fuck the big picture, Clint. Oh, yeah. Huge which, catchphrase. You know, I mean, like, fuck the big yeah. picture, Clint. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, it's I, I mean, I think that, you know, that goes back to what we were talking about before, right, is you kind of you go on the show and it's like, OK, well, something I do or some way people see me on the show or however this plays out, that's kind of who I am after this show. And I think like I like that you called her a good sport because I really think even when she had her meltdown to me, it was just like Madeline is here to put on a good show, yeah. whether she's on the stage or she's you know behind the scenes. Yeah. Yeah, she's she, she was a great uh, cast member of the series. I think uh, I'm happy she was there. Uh, certainly made the boudoir and everything more interesting. She got to talk about her own sobriety and her struggles with sobriety. I mean, she had the whole picture and uh, for what you should do on a reality show. So I'm just super proud of her. Uh, and, and just so happy that she's a part of this world now. And that, and that I can go see her in Brooklyn. Like, I just love that. Absolutely. I, I, something that we were also saying, like catchphrases, really quick. I thought that it was hysterical. Um, Landon's um, misspelling uh, of intelligence <laughs> on his book and just really quickly snapping back saying, oh, you know what? I'm going to capitalize it, make it a T-shirt. And oh, uh, I personally can't wait to purchase. Oh, yeah. It, it, it worked with the concept, too, that like, oh, I'm this smart, smart scientist, but I misspelled intelligence. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I think you can you can spin that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, we're going to kind of wrap up the episode there, Jan. But before we do our little outro, uh, can you tell our listeners where to find you? What's coming up? I know you have an exciting show next weekend. So where can we find you? Where can how can we follow you? Tell us everything. Yeah, well, you can follow me on social media at Jansport NYC on uh, Instagram and Twitter. Um, you can see me live. I am primarily at um, Therapy in Hell's Kitchen. I'm there on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Sundays. Um, I'm also at 
industry every second and third Thursday of the month for Queen. And then, um, like, I'm getting ready for now. I have my um, one-woman show at Icon in Astoria on Friday nights. Next Friday, though, before I do my one-woman show, I will be doing the Stephanie's Child much-awaited, much-anticipated concert, our first real um, live production show concert in um, New York City this year. Um, and that is at Sony Hall next week at oh. 8 p.m. Um, and we're so excited. You can get tickets at stephanieschild.com. Um, and it, it's going to be a doozy. We're so excited to uh, get back on stage with each other after, uh, you know, just so much. We, we've gone through so much with this concert. We were supposed <laughs> to do for Pride. We were supposed to do it in September. And then things just happened and got switched around. But we're back, 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 back again. And we can't wait to slay it and have such a good time with each fabulous. other. Fabulous. Is it true you're performing in Boston too coming up? Yes. Oh, thank you for reminding me. Yes, I am doing Dragathon in Boston on Halloween with the Belay Brothers, the top four of Dragula from season three, um, Trixie and Katya, a bunch of amazing local queens, uh, Fina Barbatal, um, and, and Andrew uh, Barrett-Cox will also be with me. He's yes. my co-host on The Witching Hour, which you can check on YouTube um, for a fun little review. And oh. uh, we will be there um, performing, having a good time. We've got some fun looks planned for the night. And uh, yeah, it's such an honor. It's so cool. I, I went to college in Boston. Um, and before I started doing drag, I was going out to these shows and seeing these queens. And now to be able to perform alongside them as a fellow mm. queen is uh, is so exciting. Amazing. So cool. Amazing. I, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, I wish I lived in Boston for that show because I saw not only Trixie and Katya, who I love, obviously, but Neon Calypso, I think, is also scheduled. To yes. Oh, Neon oh. Calypso. Oh, my God. What a treat. What a joy. What a pleasure. Oh, yeah. So yeah. talented going to be a great show so any boston marys you know go check that out uh give a big shout out to jan um you know yell out the morgue if she ever says boudoir yeah <laughs> oh valencia will be there as well speaking oh, of uh, oh, the nice. boudoir and the morgue oh, yeah oh, okay. oh wow oh, boston queen. Yeah. <laughs> all the dolls yeah. Um, so, uh, Marys, we're going to wrap it there. Uh, you can follow us on uh, Twitter at AllRightMary, or you can find us on the web at www.AllRightMary.com, or you can email us at AllRightMaryPodcast at gmail.com. If you want any other kind of uh, discussions, if you have any other thoughts on this episode, if you want to hear more about where Jan Sport is performing, we can tell you all of that stuff. Um, or you could just follow her on Instagram or uh, all social media platforms forms at Jansport. Um, and if you want, you can follow me on Instagram at Johnny also. And you can get more of me on my podcast in the details, a celebration of nuance and my new podcast, best supporting podcast with Nick Kachanoff, which is coming out October 9th. Uh, you can get more of me on Twitter at Colin Drucker, Instagram at Colin Drucker underscore. And you can get more of both of us at patreon.com backslash all right, Mary, where currently, if you're a Drag Race UK fan, you could be getting super early access to each week's recap. Yes, as well as All Right Scary. Mm -hmm. uh, this Monday we're doing Black Swan, and next week we're doing Cujo. And specifically, Barbara Hershey and Winona Ryder oh, right. in Black Swan. That's right. right. Barbara yeah. Hershey, for sure. Because yeah. Because it's garbage. It's, it's garbage. garbage. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, Jan, 
we cannot thank you enough for carving out time in your very, very, very busy drag schedule to come on and kiki with us about Dragula. Um, we are gooped and gagged for you and Stephanie's Child and Andrew Barrett Cox uh, and all that you're doing. Um, so thank you from the bottom of our black little hearts. <laughs> Please, thank you so much. I'm so happy that we got a chance to talk. I think you guys are absolutely amazing. You are so funny. Thank you so much for having a conversation with me about something that we're all passionate about. I, I, I had such a good time talking to y'all, um, and I can't thank you enough for, for having me. What an honor. Oh. Oh, so much I get fun! To meet all these Marys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're. I mean, you know, you're a Mary just by proxy, but you're officially a Mary now. That's so. Right. so, if any of you Marys out there want want Jansport to see you, just say, "All right, Mary." Yeah, she'll turn. <laughs> it's a little ear tug. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we have a last chance lip sync uh, this week. Colin, do you want to introduce this one? Yes, this is a throwback to my um my 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 cassette days of um, music. My music catalog of um, ages probably 9 through 12. I had a pretty active Walkman full of really queer music, including this um, this hit by uh, dance group Real McCoy. And uh, in honor of this week's extermination challenge, here is Operator. All right. Well, again, thank you, Jan Sport and Marys. We'll see you next week. So, yeah. Won't you, won't you need somebody? Operator, 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 operator